Welcome and listening to Paint Dry with Mike and Dan, a podcast about the art and hobby of miniature painting. I'm Mike. And I'm Dan. Thank you for joining us on our journey to become better, braver, and happier painters. So today, since we all have so much time on our hands, we decided to talk about crowdfunded art projects and games. So, so Mike, what kind of crowdfunding platforms do you know of and use? Well, I, I know of a few, but I've only ever used Kickstarter. Um, that's I saw an ad for Kickstarter on a Facebook group, and I've kind of went down that rabbit hole ever since. That was a few years ago now. What about you? Uh, well, um, I have used Kickstarter many, many times for many, many things, and I've also used Indiegogo. Um, that just seems to work pretty much the exact same as Kickstarter. And I've done a few GoFundMes, but that's not really for gaming and stuff, but it is a part of the crowdfunding universe uh, that we see. And there's a bunch of other ones also, but I think those are you know, at least Kickstarter and GoFundMe are the big ones, but I think they serve different purposes. Yeah, I've never, I've never I didn't even know GoFundMe did anything. I thought it was all just charitable type things where you're just try, trying to help somebody. Well, it is, but, you know, we've all we've all heard the stories of people having um, their figures stolen or someone's house burns down, unfortunately, or a car accident or any number of uh, unfortunate events. And we're trying to help those folks out a little bit um especially in our community uh but I, I you know i think it's still part of that universe you're helping someone out you're giving money sometimes you get something back sometimes you don't um and that's that's kind of why i mentioned it and i think for our purposes that we talked today it probably wouldn't come up very much which well, sure, you know but it's nice though in the world that we live in right now on covid19 etc they hear about how the hobby community, not necessarily in relation to COVID-19, but how when things like people's figures get stolen or something along those lines happens that others come to their aid. So that's kind of, that's, that's, that's cool. I didn't, I didn't know of any of that before, but that, that does make sense. And it's pretty cool that the community would do such a thing. So what kind of projects have you backed on Indiegogo? Uh, well, I stumbled upon somehow, um, the fabulous custodies from if the emperor had a text to speech device on YouTube. And, um, I haven't seen them before. And I was like, well, I've got to give that a try. So I got, uh, my, my three fabulous custodies and, uh, they're sitting in a box ready to be painted up with some actually pretty cool detailed bases and a bunch of other extra stuff that they threw in there. But that's uh, that's what I that's what I did. I kind of forgot about it for the longest time, and it took them an awful long time to uh, to get this stuff to me. But that's all right because I had like eighth edition and a bunch of other stuff to work on <laughs> in the meantime. Uh, but I'm happy I have them, and um, hopefully I can get them painted up or at least started this summer. Get them done in their oiled bodies placed on display. <laughs> I, I I tell you. I cannot look at, I only have three Custodes models and I can't look at them the same way after you showed me that, that YouTube channel. <laughs> it's a it's a great story. You have to start from the beginning and just go through it because it's so funny. People I, have I way too it. much time on their hands. <laughs> well, you know, I'm working you know, from home now and I have, uh, you know, I'm sure they can come out with some more episodes since they're all stuck at home too. 
<laughs> nice. But it, so, they, so you did that. Is that the only project you've done on Indiegogo? Yeah, it is. Okay. Um, they just it's just one of those odd, weird ones. Not sure why they did it on there, but you know, the, the management system wasn't nearly as good. But that's okay. I, I got some metal figures out of it. They're pretty good. Uh, the resin bases are pretty awesome. So, ah, thumbs up. No, I, I looked on Indiegogo. I actually haven't found an active miniature project on there ever. <laughs> so that's why I like I've looked a few times. I didn't. I've never used it or bid on it. Or I don't even have an account. Or if I do, if I have an account, it's because I had to create one to search. To search. I don't. I don't remember one of the two. Either Kickstarter or Indiegogo. You had to create an account in order to even to search. Yeah, everything I've seen is like from years and years ago. And not not recent. Seems like most most miniature companies have moved to Kickstarter or, or use Kickstarter as their main. That's yeah. That's how I'm feeling. I think it's um that's how things have evolved. That this is the big powerhouse right now. This is the, the big company. You can get what you need. Uh, the management systems seem to work pretty well. It's uh, tried, tried true, and uh, it's been efficient. So why not continue using it? So I don't know. You know, I kind of want to go into the perils and risks of Kickstarter to some extent, but let's, let, why don't we start, let's start off on a positive note. Has there been a Kickstarter that you backed that over-delivered, like under-promised and over-delivered? Yeah, I th- probably. Definitely have had at least one of them that had under-delivered, but it wasn't uh, mid- miniature-related at all. Um, and we can get into that one later on if you want to. Actually, the one that over-delivered was the ghost brushes. I was able to, you know, I got so many brushes out of that, and I'm still using them. And, they're, you know, I'm finding different ways to use them now because uh, I don't use them as my primary brushes. They still still are performing. I figured out how to get them clean now because before I had a problem with them staining because they're white bristles. Um, but I'm, I'm still enjoying them. And I got so many of them, like I said, that they, they definitely definitely got up for it. I'm just like, holy crap, there's so many brushes here, and uh, I don't need to order anything else for a while. You um, gave me so, a few, too, so thank yes, you. Yes, I did. I gave you a bunch of them, and I still have a whole <laughs> shitload of them left, nice. which is all right. So now I'm just waiting for the uh, dry brushes to come in at some point. Ah, it looks like uh, October, so uh, I'm going to um, blame uh, coro- um, the coronavirus for that one. Remind me um, at the end of this to tell the what I'm gonna do, what I'm doing with Wish. Just remind me later on. Okay, that's so. I mean, that's probably the big one right now. Um, mm-hmm. The other ones have just you know have done what they needed to do. Right. Um, you know they you know they have a very you know a solid management program, and you know when they tell you this is what you're gonna get and this is what your stretch goals are and if you want to buy some extra things and add-ons. Here you go. Click on the boxes, and you know it's very efficient, pretty straightforward. Of what's going on? Lots of email messages for the ones I get. I've been pretty happy with it, and I think this is why people are going here. And it's tried and you know true. These companies aren't just doing like ones offs, but they're doing a few of them. And that's probably something you could talk about a little bit more. Are companies that are using this as a stepping stool or actually a part of their business model? Sure. Yeah. Oh, man. That's the, yeah, with CMON now, right? That's pretty much all they are as a Kickstarter company, it seems. 
that every every time the one of their Kickstarter ends, about two weeks later, another Kickstarter starts. And you know, good for them. They do they do well, but it's certainly that that seems to be their. I don't know. I don't know. The best way to say it is that their pre-order system, as opposed to like doing pre-orders on their website or something. It seems that they use Kickstarter to create their 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 pre-orders. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. Well, I think it's because they don't. You know, if you have a solid product and you know it's going to sell well, if you just get it backed and you get people to invest in it beforehand, you don't have to use your readily available funds, which is an interesting way of running a business. I'm not saying it's bad. It's definitely not old school. It's definitely a, a new way of thinking. They've been fairly successful with doing it this way. And I think other companies are following suit. You know, I only look at the stuff that I see online that are figures related. I, you know, I do have a couple other little things that I've done in the past through um, Kickstarter, uh, but I'm not searching for the, some of those things. So I'm sure there's like authors and probably people making movies and videos for music, making music. I'm sure all that stuff's on there because well, Patreon, uh, Patreon. We're not talking about Patreon right now. <laughs> talking about Kickstarter. If you don't, it, instead of getting a loan, you're asking people to say, hey, you know, hey, give me the money. Go get something out of this that most likely you would purchase anyway. Right. So, you know, if you you know put the money up front, I can help get this going. And, you know, you don't have to worry about losing funds if if it doesn't come through. Then um, obviously, you know, you get your money back or I don't know. All of mine have been funded, so I don't know what happens when it doesn't get funded. Oh, I, I can speak to that. I've had like four or five that I've backed that either got canceled or were unsuccessful. Oh, canceled too, huh? Oh, no, yes. Like I, I actually ran a gambit where um, I think it was five projects in a row that I backed that were either canceled or unsuccessful. And I was like, hmm, I wonder if I should let people know that I'm going to back their project and it'll fail now. <laughs> so do you think that's because uh, people or companies were trying to not necessarily take advantage of it, but were trying to use this, um, not understanding the model, maybe? I, th I think there were a few there were a few scenarios, okay? So I backed this one that was uh, canceled midway through. They were almost at their funding goal. I feel like they would have reached it. Um, but I think what happened was Games Workshop got involved because they basically were doing like Sisters of Battle based on chapters of GW Space Marines. So they didn't call them like female space wolves, but they called them like the, <laughs> the female wolves of this. And they were actually some, I backed for some character models that looked really cool because I, I, you know, uh, the the box deals would have been great. It looked like they had, you know, the, I know that at one point there was like a hundred bucks and it was like 120 models or something like that. Um, and they got, I, it was very abrupt. Um, it was basically after speaking with our lawyers, we have to cancel our campaign. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it was, I mean, there are, there are other companies that I don't know how they get around GW's IP patrol because Stuff I've seen like Heresy Labs and stuff like that, it's definitely like, oh my god, that's just not your IP, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but who well, do I know? What I know show about the how, about IP. We we'll probably have to do a show on IP and um, recasting. <laughs> how yeah. folks are able to get around it? <laughs> yeah, really, really bring a lawyer in for sure. But uh, um, so that was one case. I had one from a company that had met its funding goal, 
but was not selling as fast as it wanted, so it canceled the project. And so it was already it, it was successfully funded. I'm not going to say the name of it. Yeah, I was kind of ticked off, and it would have been my first venture into the world of chibi a chibi type board game, and that's all I'm going to say. Um, so that was a little bit shady. Uh, I felt like. Um, anyways, and then I had uh, two that were under. They were just straight miniatures. Like they were straight. Uh, one was a artist version, like a th- similar to the Gollum miniatures review I did, where this was a base a piece based on Michelangelo's artwork. That what that just did. It didn't have enough funding. There was another one that was similar to that. That didn't have a, it didn't have enough funding, and then another one. I guess their casting companies pulled out, and they couldn't find a new caster, so they killed the Kickstarter for now. Uh, you know, and so that's you know, I'd, I that I respect. I'm glad that they didn't come to that other conclusion because I, I I have dealt with a Kickstarter that switched casting companies um, and handled it poorly. Now, uh, Tim from Ouroboros Miniatures is the interview we're going to add to this episode. And I will say that he had a similar problem with a caster for his CP New Skin bust. And, but he got a new caster, but was very communicative, open, open conversation about what was going on. It, nothing was out of the blue. Like he, there was never any radio silence. So we knew there, it was a bit delayed because of that, but at least, you know, he was being a good businessman and providing customer service you know what i mean uh-huh. and so but i do want to say i have had a few dan that have gone way like so far above like the two i backed from gala miniatures their actually pieces came early like a month early from their delivery time which is like incredible to me <laughs> like in kickstarter you always expect the delays you know um I backed Reaper's Bones 4, and they had some del- production delays, and there were some specific figures that were delayed and stuff, and I had ordered a figure that was delayed. They added, I mean, I, I only ordered one of the paint set. They added the extra paint set without me asking for it. They added a couple other miniatures to it, and so... That's pretty cool. So, you know, they, they, they were... And they were they communicated, so that's kind of the key, right? You'll see a theme of communication mm-hmm. and then there's uh i backed three of mystical Wor- mythical world miniatures kickstarters the first i did was their bus it was the first bust i ever bought was a jack the ripper and i still need to go back and re- paint that i attempted to paint it the first time and it was just a disaster <laughs> um and and what I, you may or may not know this about me already but i'm i i am not a ripperologist but i have read a crap ton about jack the ripper i just find it such a fascinating time period we should probably have a show about that because i got about six books upstairs oh dude you you're like okay see even on the podcast people that have known each other for a few years now we've learned something new about each other i have some great books like my wife bought me this um this case book thing and you open it up and as you go through it's like uh uh, copies of original documents and stuff along those lines. It's so much fun to look at. I actually was just, um, we're terrible about unpacking books in this house. And so we lived in our house, uh, uh, lived in this place for three years now, and we still have boxes and boxes of books to go through. And I just found one of my bookshelf boxes that had several of my Jack the Ripper books <laughs> in it. Ah, uh, that's funny. That's um, funny. but, uh, 
So the and then they had two. Uh, I am always looking for things for bases. Um, and they did two different graveyard. They have this graveyard theme thing that they do where they put out bits and scenery, resin scenery pieces. And so the first one was like tombstones and broken tombstones. And Dan, if you if you need a tombstone, I just all I did was back. <laughs> I backed their level one pledge, and I have enough. I believe me, I have a I have a full graveyard of different types of tombstones. It was amazing, and then all the stretch goals with all these little. I've used the little urns and pots and other graveyard burial type things for other miniatures, and then I backed their. Um, they did coffin ones, and for different coffins, and that was you know I've got like forty coffins, and I, honestly, in both of them, I didn't spend more than thirty dollars on each one of them, and I got a crap ton of stuff. So, I've got your back if you need some some tombstone graveyard no, paraphernalia. Don't need any of that stuff. Yet, <laughs> um, I'll, so, I'll put that in my back pocket. So I just wanted to put that out there that there are companies that nail it, you know. But I backed others that have done it that have just done. You know, they did what they promised, which is great, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't hesitate um, to back them again. What was your first Kickstarter that you backed? What, what got you in? So the first one was actually, and I'm, I'm sure this is like, um, like one of those generic, um, like sayings, like you know, don't talk about you know your friends' wives and things like that, or. Don't go into business with a friend. You know, some of those kind of cliche-ish kind of things. Uh, so this one right here is for a friend of mine who um, wanted to travel around the world. But he was able to get a lot of stuff um, uh, donated to him for people to do this Kickstarter. And um, it probably underperformed only because it didn't provide one of the items that was promised so i'm sure there was some legalese behind that because it was a bottle of alcohol yeah. <laughs> so, so um he was able to travel around the world uh, which was cool and do all the things he's ever wanted to do he's definitely a free spirit and he's still a free spirit um but yeah, that was the first one, and then I didn't do anything again for probably another two, three years, which was um, to back a book from a comic book artist, uh, because back when I was young and when I had lots and lots of money as a high schooler, I was uh, enjoying my battle tech, and I enjoyed collecting comic books. So you and I talked about that a little bit uh, last week. Um, when we were chatting about comic books, uh, well, actually it was the other day. So I, I, this artist had some stuff and I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. I can get a signed, you know, lithograph and I can get a, a, a book of all his art and everything. Well, not all of his art, but the current art from the last couple of years. So, um, so I did that one and then, uh, a novel and then <laughs> you know, actually I'm trying to think, do I have any, I'm just going to go through my list of stuff, <laughs> a, a book. Uh, my favorite movie of all time is The Thing, and uh, so I got Frozen Hell, which was the book that was made or written that inspired the movie The Thing, the first one, and the remake and the second remake. Um, ghost brushes, which I've done twice, actually. So I have the regular brushes, and I'm waiting for the dry brushes, and those will be up someday. And that was my first foray into – or foray into um, – 
miniature stuff. Uh, one of the scaled color ones because they do an awful lot of um, Kickstarters, it seems, which is cool because they, you know, they have some cool figures and they have some cool paints and stuff like that they put out. Um, and the big granddaddy of them all is the clan invasion from Catalyst because uh, you guys know I like Battletech. <laughs> so I went in with both feet and one of my arms and I should probably get another two or three hundred mechs that I don't have to print on my 3D printer because holy crap, there's so much stuff. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, and now I'm waiting for actually my last one is um, the purity seals and parchment transfers from from forgotten trap uh, the forgotten chapters because I hate writing freaking scrolls and shit and that little tiny writing on uh, purity seals on space marines and shit <laughs> it's so tiny so someone smarter than me decided to have a kickstarter on printing out like a bazillion of these things so i'll cut off a couple sheets and hand them to you and that should be good for a couple armies because that's a shit ton of freaking little decals to put on um flags and scrolls and books and everything else so That'll be here in a couple months. I don't know when we're going to be getting the uh, Battletech stuff because there's multiple uh, phases. Um, and because they're all produced in China, I don't know. There might be like a bat in one of those things or something. So who knows when we're going to get the ship to us. So That just that. ended. Man, I wish you would have told me about that one. I probably would have backed it too. <laughs> I totally forgot. You know what? I totally forgot. I even I, I get an email and I'm like, what the hell is this thing? So I know I think I have some like there's some that are going on that I said like remind me, but uh I just forget sometimes. I just you know No, I'm that's okay. That's okay. Back. I don't need to back anything. <laughs> so that's yes. So that's my short story. And I know lots of people put lots of stuff in. The one I really wanted to do a long time ago was the um the infamous um Robotech game, which I'm glad I didn't throw any money at, but I really, really wanted to. Um but those are, you know, that one like came in like three years behind or something and under produced and performed and everything else and i'm just like i'm just gonna go with something solid i'm picky enough now and in, in, in a position where i can just pick and choose and it's not like i have like three thousand space marines to paint so i don't really have to purchase anything else it's just fun to throw my money at companies that produce cool shiny things you know and i i started um the first one i ever saw was uh tombstone by black scorpion miniatures and I backed that, and that was, I probably was a little bit overspent, but it's a, it's a crap, <laughs> crap ton of miniatures. You know, your first Kickstarter, you're like, oh my goodness, I don't know what to do. But they're all resin, so it's like, I think I have 60 different variation of cowboys and undead cowboys and cowgirls and stuff. It's for an art, like a, a turn-based skirmish game, which we we attempted to play, but my kid's attention span when learning new game. I what I should have done is I should have worked out all the rules and stuff before I even approached them. And that was pretty cool. I've actually painted a few of the miniatures from that. They're 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 small though. They're they're they are true twenty-eight millimeter scale. So yeah. they're they're a little bit they're a little bit rough. And then I ventured into. I think that's when I think it's when I first start. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because oh, so the next one, 
Um, I got into a really big thing of like trying to f- help fund kind of one-off miniature companies or small miniature companies. And so like, what is the name of Tar- I-, I can't even read my handwriting. Uh, so gar- uh, a guy named Jody Seagal did this um, thing with this undead resin knight and it was really cool. So I backed that. Um, then I ventured into my first board game, which was Reload by Archeon Studios. Now, from what I understand... I swore I did that one. Did you do Load or Reload? Shit, I can't remember. There was one and I got like 10 freaking figures and they're 28 millimeter. And I got like a dude who's like beating people up with a guitar and the mage. Oh no, that's not Reload. That's not Load. This Load is a board game. I don't know. Actually, it's a, what what do they call it? Um, It's a lane defense board game. So do you know what that means? That's Okay, nope. so have you ever seen the game Plants vs. Zombies? Oh, so yeah, it's very right similar, okay. but it's in a board game context. And actually, it, 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 we've played it a few times. It's fun, um, but that took a long time to fulfill. Very long time to fulfill. And then I, I then I had a couple that I was a little bit bummed out about. Like I had this cool Salvation and Steel one that I backed that were these kind of D and D gaming miniatures, and I was like, oh yeah, these are really cool looking, and you know, for stuff I wanted to learn how to paint and stuff, like uh, great shapes on great shapes on like armor and stuff like that. And they came, they were so tiny. They're, I, I can't even say they're 28 millimeter. I was like, oh, wow, you know. <laughs> um, and then I backed uh, the probably the, the, lo- the longest one for me was Lords of Hellas by Awakened Realms, man. That game took forever, like, two and a half three years almost to deliver in in completion now i got my board game i would say within about a year and a half which not that's not crazy outside the realm of uh, outrageousness for a board game but any any of the extra stuff and it would come in piecemeal like i get a little box and a big box and a little box and a big box for up to another year and a half afterwards and so um by that time kind of lost interest in the game you know what i mean (laughs) um but i mean the miniatures are okay a little small again but again it's that one of the it's that pbc board game plastic so stuff that i thought i'd be able to grab and maybe make a display miniature out of no 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 Uh uh-uh um but i would say also um i backed the lady mechanica one from uh kabuki that's I guess now now Tago, though I got the seventy five uh, I think the seventy five millimeter her, uh, her Lady Mechanica and Tesla, those are great models and it came in around a little bit late but the Kickstarter a little bit late is on time in Kickstarter um, but yeah I mean oh I, I probably backed you know I backed two by Ouroboros Miniatures they've delivered on time beautiful models uh, you know and you'll learn in the interview how he picks his sculpts and stuff. And then the other one that was cool that I wish I could have spent more money on was uh, Zealot Miniatures did a whole twisting catacomb thing of uh, minotaurs that were just, they were no pun intended, but they were beefy in size. And, you know, they were, they were, they were, the, the berserker that I bought was a, was a, a lot of fun to paint. And so, but, you know, I backed the you know, I backed the scale 75 artist colors as well. I am not backing the instant colors. Um, just, I don't know. I have, 
with the Donna Citadel contrast paints that I already have and my learning to use, I do like the Scale 75 Intensity inks a lot. Uh, they're probably my main inks that I use, but uh, yeah, I don't really have a need for instant colors. You know what I mean? I'm taking some lessons on Patreon now and it's very limited. So I'm using only like two or three colors and I'm just learning how to blend mm -hmm. a little better and, and how to mix things up. So um, to need to have all this extra stuff I just don't need it anymore, and I don't have space on my 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 desk anymore. It's just <laughs> so it's just easier for me to just try to keep it down and use up all the uh, paints that I have, so I can make some right. more space. Well, you know, and I will say this: if you, if anybody has an acquisition compulsion disorder, like kind of I do, you've never heard. You don't ever visit Kickstarter. Okay, just don't. You know, don't get on Kickstarter. It's a rabbit hole. There are tons of miniature options on there, but I do want to talk about the evolution of Kickstarter with you because this is particularly relevant for you with a 3D printer. So now and more and more and more I'm seeing instead of actual miniatures, STL files and 3D renders that you can now back companies to get STL files to print your own miniatures. And so is that, do you think that's, is this really the wave of the future? Are we? Is this? It, well, you know, I think we could probably do, you know, another. Did we already do a show? No, we haven't done three three D printing? printing yet. But we've talked about it, and we keep threatening um, to do a show on three D printing. Uh, we got every time we come up with another topic, we have we keep forgetting to write it down. So. <laughs> um, it's um, it's good and bad. I totally understand where they're coming from, especially if you're an artist. And you can do some great 3D renders. If you're able to just sell your STL to people to print out for you, that's a heck of a lot cheaper than you making it and finding a distributor and a producer and getting it shipped and all this other stuff. And, you know, so you end up coming becoming a small company. Uh, a lot of those folks, I would imagine, would just do it in um, wax and like traditional ways and either making it in plastic, resin, actually just resin and um, or pourable resin and um, metal because that was just the way it was done before and it's a lot easier to produce. But now if you make something really good, the, the, it's no longer on your shoulders to produce it. You send it off and those people can print it off, you know, and a lot of them will give you the licenses where you can sell those pieces if you want to. That's, you know, that's pretty cool. You know, the things that you find on Thingverse, you know, you really don't get the licenses for them in most cases, so you really shouldn't be selling them because that is in line with recasting. Um, but that's a whole other story itself, right. too. Yeah, we should. We're definitely going to do an episode on IP and recasting for sure. And uh, I do. We have yeah. a couple people that have asked to talk about it, so we'll 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 get them on. Ah, uh, cool. So for me as a 3D printer, yeah, that's pretty cool. But it kind of sucks at the same time because if my printer is not printing the way that I want it to print, well, I spent, you know, 20 bucks and I have, you know, 500 figures that I'm supposed to print off, but I can only get like three or four of them that are really able to print well. Um, so, you know, they come back to that cost thing, you know, well, on their end, they got the money because they're able to produce the, the, the product itself. And that's pretty cool. Um, but I didn't live up to my end to be able to print off all this stuff to make it look good. Like you said, we could definitely talk about that in, in, a, in a different show because we also talk about like IP, you know, who really owns an, you know, an IP on something. 
when you know if an artist is able to produce it themselves and what if they're at home and you know people that sculpt skulls and put them on a shoulder pad you know are they are they really stealing the idea mm-hmm. you know uh, are they recasting it so there's you know there's i there's there's a lot of it in there that we we probably should talk about yeah. at the time but but yes yeah, so i've noticed it also and it's not just on uh kickstarter and we probably this would definitely f- fade into patreon because even though we could talk about patreon in a different episode i notice an awful lot on patreon because people are able to produce the models very quickly or the stls and people can just come in and say hey i know what you're going to do this month this is what i want i'm going to go ahead and just you know pay the 10 or 15 bucks it is if sometimes it's uh can be a little bit more expensive but you own the rights and licensing to it so you can sell these products Mm -hmm. and that's definitely a catch and that's what i don't see on that's not what i see on um, kickstarter because they don't have the means and the funds to do it at first so that's why they're doing it on kickstarter but once you get going you have you have your um your software already so you might as well just go ahead and you know oh, i'm going to continue doing what i was doing let me get a little better at making some armor uh, i can make some better terrain i can make these trees look a little better hey i can do better sidewalk or walls i'll sell those next month hey everybody this is what i'm gonna sell next month and so you can see that kind of like light cycle getting the money in order to to fund your project and once it starts to work then you can just create more um, products and go into the other realm which is patreon or if there's other ones out there like that i guess you could do it free for youtube nope never mind you can't do it on youtube unless you're going to teach people how to do it you can put it online free you can do that also but why do it for free when you get paid for it right? very yeah very true very very true so one of the things we touched on a little bit is that whole business model um of using kickstarter basically using other people's money now with, with cmon it seems to have worked but from what i understand there have been several other companies that have tr- what they basically have done is funded a project and then use that funding to fund another project and then launched another project to fund the project before it and kind of then they got caught then they got caught where the something happened a factory burned down and they had an expense or something along those lines and then they're not delivering and so you know it's one of those things that it's i think cmon was lucky because of what they started with were ones that they could felt feel pretty secure in their success and they've built a reputation now of producing uh, I've ba- I backed the Green Horde Zombicide game because um, I wanted to get into Zombicide and try to play it as a board game. And we played it a few times and the kids kind of like it. Um, I'm I'm all right on it, but you do get a crap ton of miniatures for the the play. Like they do open up and add miniatures to it. So you do get your bang for your buck with, with their Kickstarters. They've been successful. There have been tons of ones. I know Archon... There was, there was a whole thing where, I guess, Protoss Games failed to deliver Aliens versus Predator, and then... Oh, that's the one. That's one of them. And they broke off. Them. Archon broke off out. from them and started their own company. Then, or it, either that or Archon came in and tried to rescue Protoss. Something along those lines. So that's, and that was, there was a whole bunch of drama around that. I mean, they delivered. The miniatures are fine. 
I actually liked their, they, they offered in their stretch goals, they had characters that were added to the game. And the next stretch goal after that was basically an ultimate size version of it. And so you kind of had, so you had character A and then you, after the character, after they reached a stretch goal, then you had ultimate character A as well. So you got both of those miniatures. And I actually thought the the bigger ones were, were very nice, even though they were in that kind of weird board game plastic instead of just straight up polystyrene. You know what I mean? And so, and there's been, there have been quite a few of those that haven't, haven't delivered. And I've seen a lot of angry people, um, with it, you know what I mean? And I know there's some companies are dealing with right now is post the world of COVID-19 or right, shit, right in the middle of the world of COVID-19. A lot of these pieces are manufactured in China and China is just still in the process of reopening basically. And so all they're entirely backlogged and a lot of these companies manufacturing capabilities have been switched to making things like masks and stuff along those lines. And so they're still not even back to manufacturing miniatures and stuff, you know? So, you know, it's going to be a rough, it's going to be a rough go, I think on some of these board game companies for a while. And if you're out there waiting for production, like I back to the Nocturna paints one, um, the end paints series, um, I'm not, that's supposed to deliver or deliver soon. I got no expectation of that delivering by the end of this calendar year. They say they're going to start shipping in a few weeks, but I'm not holding my breath. You know what I mean? I, 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 reality has checked in, you know, and I just ordered a miniature from Italy. Um, and I'm like, yeah, that I, I, I fully expect that as a Christmas present. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah, that was that, that, that's the whole thing. I don't want to go into much of it because that is definitely an IP show because I did buy a Leonardo miniature that was not done by Eastman or Laird or the comic book company that owns or the studio that owns Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So, yeah, I got a lot of, I have, I have a lot of mixed emotions about it. You know what I mean? I do know it's, I don't want to go too much into it because that's a full another episode and we're, you know. I don't want to. I don't want to take the train off the the rails here. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I, 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 my, my love of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles overwhelms my uh, sanctimonious side that was like that's somebody else's intellectual property. So, I'm human. What can I say? I, I totally get it. I'm like that with like things that I own or <laughs> don't own in my house. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, we should do it. Uh, we should do an episode about like comic books. That'd be great. Too. That would be. I have like a whole like, yeah. Actually, I think there's some comic books I probably shouldn't even talk about. <laughs> <laughs> now, see, I I got into comic books really when um, Image broke off of Marvel. So the artists and people from Marvel and DC. Uh, yep, I totally. Remember and that I bought period. every number one I could get my hands on from Image Comics. Hey, I was just about yeah. the same way. And so I have like Turok Dinosaur Hunter, I have Brigade, I have a whole bunch of these other number ones. You know, and now my favorite, that's part of it. I, I'm not, I couldn't tell you very many comic book artists, but my favorite artist is by far Jay Lee. And I've mentioned a few times in interviews because he's the one who did the original Dark Tower uh, by Stephen King graphic novel art. Um, and so, yeah, I, I kind of, I kind of, anywhere that he went, I tried to collect from him, his stuff as well. 
But, uh, he, you know, and it's funny because I, you know, a lot of my son knows the comic books now and he's like, who's Jay Lee? And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm old. Because <laughs> Jay Lee's also the one who did the original, yeah. like, G.I. Joe and Transformer crossover and, you know, so, which was, you know, a pretty big comic book at the time. Or at least looking back at it now, it's much more, you know, much more monumental, you know, a lot of Hasbro money going on there. But, um, anyways, so do you, do you have anything else to add about Kickstarter or crowdfunding or? No, I don't have anything else to, to really add. I'm sure we could talk about like all kinds of really cool things. Cause you know, you brought up comic books. So I'm looking on Kickstarter right now, looking at different kinds of comic books and it's, you know, there's quite a, um, a universe out there of comic books that people are trying to produce or want sequels to. Uh, I've seen a couple artists in here that are, that just want something funded. Uh, maybe they are using that as a part uh, or a way of uh, getting more money because they know that their stuff is going to sell. So you might as well sign a couple things and uh, do a couple extra drawings and send those out. Um, some of the guys that I follow on Facebook and um, other platforms, they do the same things where they show off what they have and what they're going to sell. But this is a way of getting the money in hand first, producing what you need to do, and then possibly getting a secondary market on it, which is, you know, which is not a bad thing. It's not, you know, so it's, it's especially during these times, if you can't go to conventions and you can't get your product in the stores, this is a good thing. Right. Yeah, that's a good point, too, is that now is a unique opportunity to not a unique opportunity. How about a unique challenge? So, Dan, tell me, what, what have you been working on lately? What's on your desk? Oh, well, I, uh, again, um, I'm continuing to just practice different techniques and uh, play with colors, uh, but I'm really trying to concentrate on my dark angels and every once in a while just changing it up with uh, whatever I have with, uh, just laying around. Uh, so that's, that's pretty much all that I'm working on. So I have black green <laughs> that i've been painting so there's only so many different ways you can do that but i do follow some folks on patreon so i've been practicing some of their uh things um and that's been actually pretty cool i've learned a lot of neat techniques in the last two months uh and i've had the time to actually do it because someone sneezed or coughed or ate a bat or something so that's what i've been working on i do have a new toy that um to, uh, about two weeks ago uh, I got bored and was, saw some stupid advertisement for this red grass wet palette. So I was like, hey, everybody in the universe has been using one of these. Let me give it a try. And it has been pretty darn cool. I've really enjoyed what it does to my painting. Uh, I'm not the kind of person who thinks that the tools make a huge difference in things. Uh, I think uh, the right tool does the same thing no matter who makes it who manufactures it whatever they have sprinkled on this and what kind of weird magic and summonings they've done it it has made a difference and i'm still trying to figure it out i used the masterson's before that for for years but i wanted to give something else a try and uh, i know that um, companies are you know still still needing a little bit of help because of our current events uh so i tr you know I was like, yeah, you know what? I'll throw some money at these folks because I was going to buy it anyway at some point. I might as well just make it sooner than later. 
and um, I've really enjoyed it. I've really liked the way that it thins out the paints. Um, I haven't carried it around anywhere yet, so I haven't used my little strap thing. Uh, the magnetic uh, trays on the side is a pain in the ass, but I see where it can become useful. Um, yeah, see, I put everything on my wet but, palette. Um, I know we're not supposed to put metals or inks or washes, but I just put them on there anyways. I know. Ah, you know, I did that before also. It wasn't a big deal, but I'm, try I'm trying... I'm take, I, I've taken a step back and trying to relearn things properly because I learned using craft paints 40 years ago on how to paint stuff and that is what's been ingrained in my brain. So when they say mix this with that, I'm giving it a try and see if it works. If it doesn't, then I don't retrain myself. But, you know, wet palette was like the most foreign thing in the world because I used tiles i used to put all my stuff on tiles and use that and i started using a wet palette about five years ago and i was like holy crap this is cool i have to use this now this is what i need to do um so that and that's just how i learned to paint so i'm being very intentional when i'm doing certain things now because i have a little time you know i don't have an hour here an hour there sometimes i have a full day where i can concentrate on like how do I get this thin the correct way? How do you know? Let me retrain my muscle memory to know the brushes are supposed to go in a particular direction, because I do the mop thing. I used to do the mop thing up to about three or four months ago, and I'm realizing that that's really, you know, instead of two coats, it takes fifteen coats because you know I'm slopping everything all over the place. <laughs> so I'm just trying to relearn some basic items, some basic things, relearn some stuff. Um, I have to go back through all my old notes through all my training and everything watching youtube videos still a little bit more intentional now really listening to what the artists have to say and so that's really taken up a lot of my time so yes i'm practicing black why because black is a pain in the ass to paint and you know that perfect shade of of bone you know i'm trying to find it i find the recipe but boy that's a pain in the ass and every color is a pain in the ass if you really want it to look a particular way so that's what I've been practicing. I like blue. I got to do blue a good way. I figured blue out. I figured red out. I'm I'm stoked about that. And uh, now I got to figure out some other colors like yellow, black, and white. <laughs> so yeah, uh, let me think. So let's see. I'm doing an old uh, Sisters of Battle, um, Ephrael Stern. I have her old metal one from the uh, Ephrael Stern and Inquisitor Hand. Uh, diorama so I was like ah, I need some more sisters to paint since I don't have already two boxes of them laying on laying next to my did you buy table. two bo two of the um, boxes I have tons of those oh no no I meant I meant did you buy two of the boxes the sisters of battle boxes when GW came out with it no I was gonna say holy crap no I dude. just have small no I didn't buy two no 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 um but I have boxes of them um and um Space Marines. So I have a trillion Space Marines laying around everywhere. And um, I've been practicing some black. I've been, you know, I have probably about 20 of them laying on my desk that I just like, oh, I need to, you know, I need to use blue on this figure. Let me, let me practice my blue real quick and see what I can do. And I just use that as like a test figure. And then I'll throw them in my pot of um, purple goo and uh, strip him and, or them, and then start start off new spray paint them black or white and uh use them again 
I'd probably use a new one every time because I have so many of these freaking things down over Right. <laughs> just like, so, you have yeah, the dispenser, so, or just a dispenser, um, you know, you reach up, pull it down, there's a space marine, then you're done with that. <laughs> I could. You know, the, you know you, get the, you can get the forks and you push the button and the fork right. pops out. Like when you go to fast food restaurants, I just push it and the space nice. marine pops out. Um, so I actually have some older metal space marines that have just been laying around for ages, so... Um, I'm trying to get those guys done. So um, I have one done here tomorrow that I'll put online. I just want to get the base done and uh, I got to get his backpack done and I'm going to throw him up there and then, um, I'll go on to another space Marine most likely. Um, but I've been enjoying it though. It hasn't been stressful. I've really enjoyed it. And I think that's why we do this, uh, not to fill up cases for me. Um, even though I have armies that I need to complete instead of just figures, but it's, um, it's cool just to say, hey, it's taking me four days to paint this guy's bolter um, and not really be stressed about it. And it looks like shit when I'm done. So I'm like, yeah, that's all. I, I'm having fun doing it, even though it looks like crap. And um, and that's what it's about, just having fun and enjoying it. So so what about you, Mike? What kind of stuff are you Well, my on? biggest, well, for, first thing I'm going to say is, well, hold on, do this way. Well, the first thing I want to point out is what you didn't mention was that you you became oh, very skeptical at point at a point when we first met. You were not using a wet palette. Yes, when we first started, when we first met, that was right around the time when wet palette when I noticed a wet palette and was using a wet palette. So I was just like, whatever, this is, you know weird right. magic no, no but no i'm, I'm just saying i'm impressed <laughs> at some level that gives credence to me to the red grass one um i use uh an old 11 by 17 tray that i found like a serving tray that i found at a consignment sale and bought for 25 cents that's my main wet palette with paper towels and uh a whatchamacallit um parchment paper but i use a masterson's as well but i, I switch out the paper though i use parchment paper and the sponge but uh that's my kind of travel or when I'm completely nomadic, like I often am in the house. But so the big, the, the, I, I kind of have been trying to make myself only work on one project at a time, like start it, finish it. Cause I have a bad habit of the hobby ADHD and bright, shiny objects. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you should see my, my, you should see my Instagram account. It's like, hey, it's his sister. Hey, I'm doing battle tech. Hey, I'm drinking. Hey, I am running around in the woods. Hey, here's a here's a spaceship. Right. Here's a... right. No, I'm I'm the same way. Right. But so, um, in talking with Tim from Ouroboros Miniatures, um, he kind of challenged me to to do the the his Leah bust that I bought through a Kickstarter, and so I've I've that's actually the main focus point right now, and I'm also um cutthroat cure who is somebody we know a guy named devin um is doing this whole uh may the bust be with you type thing for the month of may on his twitch streaming so that's uh i, I was like all right so everybody's talking about bust so i'm gonna do i'm gonna do this bust and so i, I you know i gotta say it's been a lot of fun it's uh i've only gotten to the level where i've built built the the display part of the piece started painting it as well with just base coats right now. Um, cause I'm a person, I know like there are some people that can paint a leg and leave everything else black. 
but I have a hard time visualizing colors and reflections and stuff when a piece is just kind of only going piece by piece. So I have to kind of lay out my base. I got to block out my base colors really to start working lights and shadows, if that makes sense. I know there are people that don't have to. I'm one of those people that kind of has to. Um, and so that's that's been the main focus. One cool thing, too, is that uh, our friend Mike Michael Proctor is now Twitch streaming on Tuesdays for Reaper. And I believe it's 3, 4 p.m. Central Time um, when it's happening. And on his first Twitch stream, I actually was lucky enough to uh, win a mystery box from Reaper. And so Reaper actually uh, sent a nice mystery box. I got it less than a week after the show. It had an enormous skeletal dragon in it, uh, three paints, uh, pens and other type of stuff, uh, stickers and a really cool drawstring bag. So I was like, well, d- well, damn, that's pretty sweet. You know, that's a big, mini- that's a $40 miniature. You know what I mean? Uh, that they threw in for free. So that was pretty cool. But uh, also I will tell you this, his, it's, he did a, like he had a sculptor on with him that he was also talking to while he painted and he does, a, uh, uh, Michael Proctor does a very good job asking questions and, and painting and interviewing at, you know, kind of the same time. So he may be new to Twitch. So if people can check him out, that would be awesome because I think you'll really get something out of it. Um, and they're interactive and he has somebody monitoring the chat. So if you, they try not to miss questions and stuff like that. So uh, definitely check it out. But yeah, just the bust is the main thing um, on my plate. You know, I want to play with... Uh, more paints and stuff because I got a few more of the AK Interactive second gen or third generation paints in, but they're not in the color scheme that I'm working on, so those are just gonna have to wait. <laughs> and someday, Dan, I will get back to the Gundam series. Oh. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, I recorded and it was terrible. I listened to it before. I was gonna post it on the feed today, but it just was really bad. Uh, bad sound quality scattershot nobody people have been like what the hell is he talking about so i'm going to re-record that over the weekend and then we'll post it soon keep content flowing you know what i mean yeah so but that's really kind of, that's that's all that's on my plate um i'm oh yeah no 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 that's right you're supposed to remind me of the wish thing um so one other oh, fun yeah. thing i kind of have set up for a future episode is that i'm running low on synthetic brushes and I decided to check out Wish to see what they offered. And so I spent, I think it was a total of $20 shipping and everything. Um, and I got basically 140 paintbrushes. <laughs> and so when, as those start to arrive, I'm going to put them all together and kind of do a little... Um, I don't know, five, 10 minute episode talking about which brushes I bought, see if any of them work. Okay. You know what I mean? And like, if any of them came mangled or, you know, I'm not one of those people though, that are going to take it and put them in the, uh, put them in my garage for a week before I touch them. I know people are doing that with their mail right now. I have a crap ton of alcohol wipes. I'll just wipe them down if I need to, if I'm, if I'm dude, all you have to do is put them out there for three days. Yeah, but if I use an alcohol wipe, it's like... For... Oh, that's a pain in the ass. Yes. Just put them outside. You, you, they come in, and then you 
stick them in your garage while you're doing your other paint jobs because you got a bazillion yeah, of I, them. I, I have a problem, Dan. I can't wait. <laughs> Come on, you tell me that you'd be able to wait if a thing, if you know, if you got just a new box set. Uh, let's say you ordered those. Cena, I, I totally nights. You if those came at your front door right now, you'd wait for three days. <laughs> no, I'd open them up outside and then uh, say, "Oh, this is awesome!" And then I'd bring them inside, and they'd sit for six months before I had a chance. To <laughs> six months, you're increasing your speed. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting fast now. I'm on my. Uh, what eighth edition box set that I'm starting to work on? Yeah. Nice, nice. And you've got a box of stuff sitting in my house for when we get a chance to meet up again. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> you got all the seventh edition Dark Angels and then some. Who needs? <laughs> yeah, because who doesn't need more Terminators and? Well, you have. There's five got, Terminators from the box know, set, like, and then you there. Oh, that's it. Just five. Oh, okay. That's easy. I only have like twenty five sitting on my Damn. desk right now. Cut. And there's another. There's another. They're like punching all my sisters. There's another fifteen metal ones. Oh shit, metal ones! Oh god, those are just gonna sit for. Yeah, days. I have. I have a bunch god. of metal ones, and I and I think they're almost all dark angels. Because it was a remember they released all those in metal around the same time that they released the dark angels version of Space Hulk. Oh, hmm. Well, that's interesting. That's they're be... nice. They're nice. Gosh, yeah. they're so. Oh, I gotta clean them all. Oh, I'd be so. Oh my god, I'd be a. Most of the metal of... ones. Well, you have to clean the metal. Uh, like they do the mold lines and stuff. But most of the metal, they they're not they're not Ugh. painted at all. So you don't have to strip them. Yeah, but the mold lines are just like. You gotta get like sandblasters, <laughs> and, like, <laughs> files and yep. shit. <laughs> that's all right i'll just repay him like what was it i did one of my uh well the other, yeah the other funny thing is is when with the metal guys you can't see it all the mold lines and when you spray paint them, you're like okay i think i got it and you spray paint them and you see a freaking line just like glaring out there it's like shit i gotta freaking resand this shit and mm -hmm. oh yeah ass. so i've done that like three figures this week already I'm like oh, well I, I figured out that if you take um, so I do that Vince Centurella hobby cheating thing a lot of times and do the, um, black, gray, white, Zen you know, do the Zenithal black all over gray from 45 and white from 90 degrees. And then I'll put a wash on it. I've been actually using a golden transparent shading gray, um, as a wash, which is fantastic. Um, it's a beautiful paint. It is a little glossy, so you do have to hit it with some matte medium. But uh, then I dry, I'll dry brush with either a, depending on the color scheme, a warm or a cool off white. Um, and that, it, that if you got a mold line, man, whoo, that methodology will, that mold line will jump out, put a flag on it, and say, "Hey, look at me! <laughs> I'm here. You will never be able to unsee me." Um, so yeah, that's a, that, if you're ever having trouble finding mold lines, man, that's, that's, that's the trick and yikes. Um, one of the cool things though, I did learn this little trick, uh, by accident. So, you know, Reaper bones figures, there's a lot of times that the mold lines are really a pain in the butt to get rid of. 
and a lot of times they're really nasty in areas of fur. So I tried this. I wasn't sure if this would work, but I used Woodland Scenic's water effects, now, like the gel stuff that's supposed to like make waves and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I put some of that on and then kind of peaked it with a brush after a tried for a couple minutes. Perfect. It completely, completely covers the mold lines in like fur and looks natural because it's kind of, it's stiffened, you know, it becomes hard. There's no way I could say that with that. I know. What are you playing with it or something? It solidifies. (laughs) It solidifies (laughs) and is easy to paint paint over. So we talked a bit, a little bit about it before. Um, our interview this week is with Tim Yonker from Ouroboros Miniatures, who successfully run, I believe, six campaigns now on Kickstarter. He does mostly resin miniatures. He's done a few like smaller like gaming scale miniatures, but for the most part, he focuses on things like busts and uh, larger sized figures. So it's a great interview, and it's interesting perspective to listen to his journey from being a gamer and painter now to this business side. Well, welcome to the show, Tim. It's good to have you here. You know, it's it's funny. We, we've chatted back and forth in the past over email and on Kickstarter campaigns. So it's really nice to actually be able to talk to you uh, quasi in person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, you, you've been around a long time since the beginning, really. So I always appreciate, you know, that we appreciate our backers, but finally speak to some of the Americans because I, I do speak to people who are so far away so it's actually quite nice um so let's let's kind of start out with that with that world talk to us about how you got started in the hobby now or, or before we started up the interview it said you'd been in the business about 30 years or been in in the industry for 30 years that's that's impressive uh, I've been in uh, of, of course I started out as a hobbyist myself uh, um, I think I was 12 years old uh, when I got my first brush in with miniatures and games, um, fantasy and science fiction long before that in the form of comic books. Um, but yeah, I think I started with Warhammer, uh, I think second or third edition. And uh, well, yeah, I always loved the look of things. I liked game as well but i always was more background stuff and i used to really dream away with the stories uh, games Workshop wrote back then and i always found myself doing quests and stuff like that in my head and i think yeah maybe back then this first seeds of aurora's miniatures were playing. yeah then about 10 years ago no longer 12 12 years ago i started thinking hmm, time to do something with all the ideas i have and it took a while longer to actually do something with them. Um, but yeah, all in all, I've been in involved with games and miniatures for 30 years now. Yeah. Awesome. So w- let me ask you a follow-up kind of on that. What um, what was the original start of wanting to make the company Ouroboros Miniatures? Was it just uh, you had a bunch of ideas you wanted to come to life? Uh, well, oh, that was my dog. That's um, okay. That's the world we live in. <laughs> <laughs> the dog is very protective. Now, um, I don't know. My daughter is now almost eight years old. And 
I tried something, I think 10 years ago, um, it was called Oddity Miniatures and it was more gaming scale miniatures and it didn't really catch on, uh, but it was a very learnful lesson. Um, I knew uh, that I wanted to do something, but I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do. Um, I started thinking, oh, you know, what would be good to start with? And obviously, first I wanted to do a big game, and then I quickly found out it cost hundreds of thousands of euros, and uh, <laughs> money I didn't have, so I knew I had to start smaller. So I tried Oddity Miniatures, and uh, we did a small Indiegogo campaign to help us buy the rights to a few orcs um, that were sculpted by one of my heroes, uh, Paul Mueller. And it went all right, but I quickly found out that that wasn't for me at the time. And I was lucky because Hassle-Free Miniatures, which I already knew, uh, contacted me and said, hey, do you want to sell those sculpts to us? And I said, yeah, sure, I'll do that. Uh, and actually made some money. And I thought, hmm, I'm actually getting better and better at this so yeah um it was for me a very learnful experience and uh, by doing it that way selling it off i knew i had a bit more financial room to play with and do the stuff i really wanted to do and that was a lot of pictures um, thinking about what do i want to do um it took quite a few years to be honest because um it's hard to get ideas out of your head onto paper uh, and explaining them to other people so they can actually make but um it's funny my daughter lynn was born and everything just connected and i could let go of the ideas i had in my mind and i could write them down and i could tell them to other people what i meant and uh one of my best friends in the industry christopher to help me start up Roboros Mitches. And uh, he did the first five sculpts for the company of the Fey range. And yeah, never looked back. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. That, yeah. So when, I guess we can kind of, let's kind of touch on that a little bit. When you're, uh, how do you choose an artist or does it, is it, do you see artwork and that inspires you to want to create the miniature or does it, does it kind of work both ways? How, how does that necessarily work? Because I know I've seen all the like the artwork for like, I first found you through the CP New Skin uh, campaign, which I think was your second campaign. And uh, it was the uh, mind blowing. There's a beautiful artwork, incredible uh, piece of resin, you know, uh, absolutely incredible figure. So how like for something like that, was that something that was in your head and then you had an artist concept it out or kind of how did that one work? In the case of New Skin, uh, CP New Skin, it was done by Dave Keenan. I found the image online. I had it in my, my uh, inspiration folder. At least thousands of things that I have in my folders because that's a hobby of my that's alone now. So my wife goes nuts about it. I can uh, sit behind the computer and just look at cool art days on end. Um, yeah, sometimes it's, it inspires me to to make something uh, which is similar. It's not the same. Uh, sometimes I like something so much. In this case, uh, CP New Skin. That I just you know, I might ask Dave if I could buy the rights to make a bus from it. And Dave is such a nice guy. He um, 
he very generously offered us uh, we could just 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 uh, make a bus from it. So he was quite happy when I sent him just a few copies of the bus. And we were both happy, and um, so I don't think you have to pay lots of, uh, which is sometimes the case. I mean, I've, I've asked other artists, and they, yeah, they ask a thousand euro, and obviously we cannot do that. <laughs> right. Um, but Dave, Dave just let us use it for free, and the same goes for the end manager. I saw the art online, and I thought, oh, that, that could be a really cool bust. And he said, yeah, sure. It's really, really cool that when something like that happens and then they see the end result and they're really proud of it as much as we are. Right. And yeah, it, it's really cool. And sometimes you know, most of the ideas I've had in my head for years on years. Uh, yeah. And sometimes I just see cool articles. I'm just going to ask them. And if we can afford it, we'll happily pay for it because, you know, they need to eat to it. So yeah, it's a bit of a mix of both. Some uh, are entirely original ideas. Uh, it's found on the internet, and we uh, we ask them, and sometimes we get the to use them. That's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's very cool that it works out. I'm sure that they there's got to be a, a a weird feeling to see their two dimensional art now turn into something three dimensional too. That's kind of probably cool for them as well. Yeah, m- most of the time. And when we send them the bus, because we always send them the bus, uh, even if they don't ask for it, they go, like, oh, it's so cool. And then <laughs> why didn't I think of it? And sometimes they're just happy uh, that their art is appreciated. I mean, it's funny because um, usually art that the art that strikes me, which I want to use on one of pieces, which they done entirely in their free time for themselves. And... Um, for them to to see an idea come to life, which they probably hadn't looked at looked at for, for three or four years, because I think CP News created somewhere in 2013 or 14 even. So it's it, w- it was an older piece. The end manager was even older, and then yeah, some crazy guy from the Netherlands comes along and says, oh, cool, I want to make a bus of it. And I go like, oh, well, okay. And uh, a few months later, they have a physical product in, in, in their hand. And uh, yeah. That's nice. Yeah, so it, It's very weird to take their baby and, and make it a reality. Yeah. That's very awesome. And I, w- uh, I was wondering too then, so you, you get the artwork, permission to do the artwork, and then do you hire, do you do the 3D sculpting or does somebody, like, does somebody else do the 3D sculpting? How does that work for you? I wish I could do the 3D sculpting myself. <laughs> and I keep saying I want to learn it, but there are so many people who are much better at it, at it at, at than me. So, um, yeah, over the years, uh, I've built up a portfolio of sculptors. And um, I do have a few regulars like Edgar Moroksek and Daniel Charba, and then a few regulars like uh, Radmir Akhmentov. Um, I, I use them all the time because, yeah, we've bec- in, in, in a few years we've been working together. We, it's, it's more than a business relationship. We've become actual friends, you know. I'll probably That's be wonderful. traveling to Romania once this crisis is over to, uh, to talk to Daniel in real life and he's going to teach me to do seabrush 
or at least beginner's course because I wouldn't love to do it myself. I've done some polymer sculpting in the past and I'm not really good at it or anything. I just like to very weird little critters uh, to make something that is only an idea in your head and physical somehow. Wow, that must be such a rush. So I do want to learn it, but probably I'll be too impatient uh, impatient to actually do it. <laughs> <laughs> I totally I understand that for sure. You know, I, I get impatient trying to sculpt a koi for a diorama I'm doing. I'm like, that's no, never mind. You know, I'll, I'll buy one off and Etsy. Um, sure it doesn't work. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> so let me ask this: when when you're, uh, how do you find your painters to do your box art? Yeah, well, the, the benefit of being in this hobby for such a long time is that I know quite a few people and some of them are really, really good painters. And in the beginning, uh, some of them helped me out, like May, uh, May uh, Aguilar uh, of May Art and Antonio Rodriguez. And they're, yeah, I think, some of the best painters in the world and uh, also very nice people, especially Antonio, who is so humble. I mean, I know he works full time and then he paints stuff and he teaches people and he doesn't really ask much in return. And when he sent me the the, the uh, box art of Fractured, my mind was absolutely blown because um, it was almost identical to the artwork uh, of the which was done by Ola Kalanikov. And I was like, dude, how did you do this? And then he told me he painted in a few days. And I'm like, okay, stop it now, you know. And um, he gave me, I won't mention the price, but he gave me such a low price that I almost felt bad about it. So I paid him more. <laughs> and he was like, what are you doing? <laughs> and I said, no, nah, man, you've done such good work. And uh, he keeps offering me, offering to help me. And uh, yeah, so it's basically like that. Um, often it's uh, paying some money obviously, and a lot of the paints are happy to just receive some products in return uh, with, with a little bit of money. And how do I find them? Well, sometimes I find them, I just ask them because I like the work. Uh, sometimes they find me, they they, they, they give uh, send me an email, oh, I love your stuff, and is there anything I can do to help you with? And sometimes something like that help, uh, happens. And yeah, so far I've been really lucky to find uh, good people who uh, want to help me and who like our stuff so they get some uh, <laughs> busted miniatures in return and yeah I'm always amazed when I receive a box art uh, how good it is it's always better than what you see on the pictures and yeah that, that's basically how it works you just send uh, send them a message do you want to paint something okay cool and <laughs> it's it's quite easy actually well, that's pretty cool because I know um, CP News can also what kind of drew me to it because you had one of my uh, my absolute favorite artists and Roman Laplatte working with you on that one. Um, and so I, that was kind of like I'm like uh, awesome bust tutorial by Roman win win. Right. <laughs> you know, easy yeah. win right there. Well, for in, sure. in Roman's case was quite funny, actually, because um yeah, I, I don't know. He, he told me, you know, I think back then he was going through a relationship breakup or something like that. And he, he, he sent me a message that um, if, 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 if I had a copy of New Skin, uh, if he could paint it, uh, because for him it was um, showing the mood he was in, you know, 
He was letting go of the old, going to a new direction. So uh, the CP Newskin pulling off her skin um, to show her true nature, uh, that she's an android and, and pulling off the fake skin and going into a new life. It was very symbolic for him. And I said, yeah, sure, you can do that. And we were right about uh, the time of launching the Kickstarter. And uh, I said, well, maybe we can do one better. <laughs> maybe you can do a little article about uh how you feel and uh, the stuff, how, how you put your emotions into painting it. And yeah, we did. And that was the article. And it's it's, it's really nice article uh, that shows more than miniature painting. It also shows the emotions that can happen while you're painting something, you know. And I think uh, often when you have emotion uh, or an emotional bond to a product and you paint it, it will get so much better than when you just, blah, 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 splashing paint on, uh, oh, nice, it's finished and done. But if you have an emotional connection to it, it will always show through uh, the paint job. So, Yeah, that's always one of my, the, the my fascination with stuff is with the, with miniature or is always the narrative side of it. And, you know, with a lot of the artists that have done work for your company, I, I can, I look at the bus that they've done and I see a story. You know, I mean, I can I can immediately pick up on a vibe, a story, and that's what's kind of very cool about the product line that you have. It always seems to have a uh, a coherence to it, like the Yakuza, the Yakuza, and then the fairies. You know, I even started out with the barbarian family, right? That was that, <laughs> which I thought was awesome. <laughs> so yeah, I was um, trying to do a story behind them. Um, and actually, I don't always write down the ideas I have with a model. And Richard Sharp, a friend of mine, he always said, yeah, but you don't have a story behind him. I said, oh, yes, yes, I do. And then I start telling him the stories and say, you should write it down and put it on the model. I'm like, OK, <laughs> you know, I didn't think that people would enjoy that to see that. But apparently they do. So actually, in the last Kickstarter we did, the CP Tribes, I tried to write down some very short and simple uh, background uh, information and yeah i got a lot of feedback about that which was really cool right there's two different there, there's a couple different like kinds of people like i you know i know when people ask eddie vetter of pearl jam what a song means he won't tell them because he's like i'm not taking that away from whatever you think it means is what it means and so he didn't want to he, he doesn't want to take that personal side away but the other side of it too is so you know, it's kind of fun to see the narrative. You know, I, you telling me what you think of a miniature story won't change what I think, you know, what I think of the story. I might have a new story in my whole head. You know, it may be a different way to see it. And so it's always, I love reading those little, even if they're just little tiny blurbs that kind of get me rolling on a deeper story. I think they're awesome. No, I, I appreciated that in the last Kickstarter for, for sure. I think you should definitely keep doing that. But that, that's my my two cents worth, you know. <laughs> it's good to hear because I, I specifically did a short intros. That is just a little glimpse of the story I have in mind. Because if I would start writing that down, and I don't think I'm really much of a writer. So if I start writing down the complete background, you know, it wouldn't be fun. But um, yeah, just giving a few glimpses here and there to get, to get people thinking about it i would enjoy that myself as well i mean that's the whole thing about comics um i used to read three or four pages and really when i really uh, got into the story 
I often put it away and started to think how I would think it would go. <laughs> it's really mm -hmm. weird, I know. And then started reading. I'm like, that's not what I had in mind. Mine was better. <laughs> Stuff like that. So yeah, just giving a glimpse is a lot of fun for me as well. And then if people want to continue thinking about it, that's even better. You know, and there's it's just like with comic books, like you said, there are certain artists out there that don't need words. You know, like to me, I like a, a substantial number of comics by Jay Lee. Um, I don't need words. I can I can read that story from the artwork. You know what I mean? Yep. Like that you you know exactly what's going on, and then you get words, and you're like, nah, put that. I'm gonna cover the words. <laughs> Just go from there. I did uh, with a couple of comics. I I only have them for the art. Like I love Travis Cherist. I haven't okay. been in, into comics for a long time now, but I love Travis Cherist's work, and oh, there's a bunch of others I really enjoy as well. And you know, I don't need to read the story. Uh, it's, it's the art that really gets my imagination going and flowing. And uh, I often take a character which I think is really cool and then I'll just create my own story if I want, you know. Um, and sometimes the stories aren't really that good. And there's a, a European comic which I really love. It's called uh, The Black Moon Chronicles. And the artwork is, yeah, it's, it's fun. It's cool. It's really high fantasy. But the story... After part three or four is so bad, but I still love it. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just taking uh, something and making it your own. That's that. That's the most fun. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna use this as a, a excellent opportunity to follow up. So, is there a, a kind of a dream project that you have that you'd like to do that, you know, for your love of comics and, you know, and artwork and stuff along those lines. And I'll, usually I ask this question as, uh, you know, if, is there a miniature that hasn't been made that you'd like to see make, but you're a miniature maker, so you can kind of do that. Um, you know, I always use the example of, I would love to see figures from the dark tower series from Stephen King. You know, is there something right. like a dream project that you, that you have in mind? That you could share. You may not be able to share, but <laughs> there are a few actually. Um, the thing is, I have literally thousands of ideas for my own miniatures, but I already have in mind in a few years because doing uh, miniatures of IPs is usually very expensive. Right. Uh, but there's actually quite a few which I would like to bring. Out as miniature. I would like to bring back uh, the before mentioned the Black Moon Chronicle uh, series, which right. was done by Elite Games a long time ago, a company from French, which went under. Really shame because uh, their miniatures, I think they're still this day, and I think it's more than 12 years ago, maybe even longer. To this day, they're still some of the best miniatures I've I have ever seen. They were done by. Uh, Jack, uh, Jack uh, Alexander Gilwa, um, Alan Diego Carrasco, uh, Thomas David, and they're yeah, they're some of my sculpting heroes. And it's a shame they went under. I tried to buy the rights, but I never got a response, mm -hmm. um, or at least tried to have some information about buying the rights. Um, and what I would love to do is do 75 millimeter versions of them and large bus versions, so not really the gaming scale and just do showcase figures with them um but as i said that's quite an expensive undertaking so yeah maybe in five years or so maybe earlier i could 
uh, reach out to the uh, French artists, the, the uh, Oliver Ledois and Fodeval, I think they're called. Uh, maybe they they can uh, yeah <laughs> give me uh, the rights or sell me the rights to do uh, large scale figurines. And the next one is maybe gonna be sounding a bit silly, but I grew up with maybe what started all my love for fantasy, and that's Elf Quest. I would love to do large scale Elf Quest figures. Oh, that would be cool. I don't yeah. sound silly at all. No, that sounds awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good with that. Yeah, yeah. there's been, uh, I think Ralph Partha did them mm-hmm. 30 years, 40 years ago, maybe even. Um, but they were really small and um, I like them, but yeah, they're, they're definitely not the up to the standard which we could do this day. And I think there's a statue and a few busts which are, yeah, not as good as I think they can be done. So, yeah. That would be a lovely project to do one day as well. Maybe uh, Wendy and Richard Pini. Uh, yeah, I don't know if they're open to such things, but yeah, I'd like to have uh, a try that as well. Yeah, and there's a bunch more. <laughs> now, with with what you said just a, a moment ago about wanting to do larger display size figures. Now, did you have that transition in your painting world too? Did you go from gaming to really not wanting to paint the gaming miniatures but now wanted to play to paint display pieces or collectible type pieces actually it wasn't really about painting because i stopped painting quite some time ago okay um not because i didn't enjoy it anymore but yeah i really like creating stuff now and uh, for me uh, creating a bust or a miniature together with the concept artists <coughs> <clears throat> Sorry, together with a concept artist or and a sculptor, it's so re- rewarding for myself. You know, um, I get really really get a kick out of it. And painting, I, I enjoy it too. I painted last year because I had a bet with uh, Petra Lerman <laughs> to paint the dragon bust we did, and uh, it was the only bust she didn't have at the time from us. And um so i gifted it to her and then we made a bet that we should finish it for the skill model challenge last year and we did and i almost forgot about it so i started painting three days before the event <laughs> and i finished it and i was like oh i actually enjoyed it and my, i knew i i didn't really realize i enjoyed it so much until my wife said you've been so quiet for the last three days you to me at all you were just in the zone and then i'm like hmm, maybe i should paint more often <laughs> but yeah so no it's it's not really going from gaming scale to large scale but the reason we decided to do large scale was more that we could more um so the the, the canvas is is bigger and yeah, it's just uh, we're getting older as well, so <laughs> tiny pictures are harder to look at and paint, and maybe I'm just growing up. Uh, I don't know. I've, I've no real clear uh, explanation why we went with the bigger scales. No. <laughs> it's probably a combination of all those things, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably, yeah. Yeah, so that's actually funny because I'm working on a new project um, with two of my best friends, Alexei Konev, who sculpted the twins, which will be part of the Kickstarter by, stu- uh, by uh, Mini Masterworks, so Studio X. 
and a sunstorm it was a friend who lives close by and he wasn't really into miniature gaming but uh he's a friend he comes here all the time in and and he started to develop a love for miniatures and he really wants to do something right now i said and he said can i hire you as a designer i said yeah oh sure i can always do stuff <laughs> what's in it for me <laughs> and um, then i chatted with Alexei about it, and uh, he wanted to do something for himself as well. I said, well, maybe I can put you two together, and I can be on board as a creative consultant, something like that. And um, yeah, that will actually be a new company, but it's funny because that company will actually focus more on uh, um, small-scale miniatures, like uh, 28, 32 millimeter stuff. And yeah, we're now working on the first few uh, sculpts, and they're actually amazing. I said, oh, you're not going to just do them in 32 millimeter. We're going to do them in larger scale as well. So, yeah, maybe larger scale is what I love these days. I still love small miniatures as well. Uh, I've got a big collection of uh, familiar miniatures. And the smaller, the better. And more. So, yeah, I, I love everything. <laughs> Statues. Uh, yeah, You'll probably see a lot of things coming the next few years that you think, okay, this is different, this is different, but I don't like to do this thing all over again. I like to explore new possibilities and uh, adventures. So I'm afraid. <laughs> well, you, you say that, but I have to say this. How many different sizes now is CP Newskin available for? And the most recent one you just launched, how big is that thing? Well, it was always meant to be just the bust until so many people kept asking for a full-size figure. And we're like, oh, okay, I'm just going to cave in and do uh, one with legs. And we decided on 75 millimeter, which was and that did really well. And I'm supposed to do anything that is until Wally Moran, who is another good friend of mine, he said, Tim, what would it take for you to send me the SEL file so I could print an actual large size um, version of her? And I was like, oh, dude, you're breaking me. You know, uh, we're not allowed to do it, or we were allowed, but I wasn't really seeing the necessity. No, I don't know, there were necessity. Is that correct? <laughs> my English yes. is not my first language. No, uh, I didn't see the right. necessity. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, but then he said, well, you know what? If you let me print it, I'll, I'll print one for you as well. I said, okay, deal. <laughs> so um, I sent over the STL file, and then uh, I think it took about nine months or so, you know? And he sent me the 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 large scale, which is 20 centimeters tall, and it blew me out of the water. It's so beautiful, and we're like, wow. oh, this 20 is centimeters. nice. <laughs> yeah, big figure. Nice. That yeah. is a big figure. It's 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 the biggest one we've done, and we wanted to do a giant in 20 centimeters. So at least now I have a good idea of what the size of that one will be. But yeah, I was. It was beautiful, and I, and I took it with me to last year's uh, scale model event, and the response was, no pun intended, enormous. Uh, so people had us going, oh, 
when she's coming out, when she's coming out, when she's coming out. And the whole, the, the event to, uh, it was two days. And I think maybe a hundred people said, well, if you're going to do it, I'm going to buy one. I'm going to buy one. Like, okay, what are we going to do? Are we going to do it? And they're like, yeah, we're going to do it. So that's the reason why this version came out as well. And I promise it will be the last size of this one. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, I don't care how many different sizes you make. It's a beautiful figure. So it's always fun to see what it looks like coming out. You know, it'd be cool to see. Uh, I'll plant this one in your head. I have uh, the Iquis Leah. Which is yeah. one of my one of my favorite busts I think I've ever laid eyes on, and actually I'm getting ready to start painting that within the next week, and uh, <laughs> I would love to see that in a larger size too, or a full. Uh, how about a full Leah? That would be awesome too. I'm just uh, making a plug. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can't you can't blame me for well, trying, well, you know. <laughs> I'm always here to uh, please the the sporters we have because uh, <laughs> I do like to think our company operates a bit different we're not really a company company uh because actually we do have a website but we don't even have a web store i like selling through facebook through email and through kickstarter more because the interaction with the followers is much nicer you know it's more personal um and i i mean i I'm always here to please them as well because they've helped us grow where we are right now. And I never could imagine that we would be where we are right now. We're almost at 60 releases and in three years time, it's insane. Um, so yeah, if, if enough people uh, say, yeah, we want a large scale version of something, then yeah, find, find enough people that I can, um, at least um, make it worth your while. At least, right? <laughs> we got to make it worth your while. You know, that's then I no, understand. No, no, no. Actually, I will, but not to lose money on it. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't mind. I don't even mind breaking even if the project is really cool, uh, because I love just doing what I do. Um, and it's, I mean, it's, it's just my side gig. How strange that may sound, because I work full time for the the railroads. But um, I would love to do it full time one day. And if people, if, if 50 people say, oh, I want a large uh, scale Leah, yeah, sure, make it happen. I'm open to suggestion. Um, and yeah, maybe, maybe there's a, a few other figures that would be cool with legs. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. Uh, <laughs> we're actually working on a few things. So. Yeah, awesome. you'll see. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was actually gonna, you know, I, I'm just, I, 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 you know, I have the opportunity to talk to a miniature maker, so I'm, I, I figured I got to throw something out there, right? <laughs> but uh, let me ask you this question: the, Is the Aquas line done, or do you have more plans for that line? There are two more bus finished. I know. Oh, wonderful. Finished. Yeah, and we the plans were to actually release them uh, the 8th of March, uh, last uh, last March, because that was International Women's Day. But then, uh, yeah, the world economy already started to drop a bit back then. And um, also, um, yeah, there were some delays uh, with, yeah, there were several factors that, that couldn't happen back then. But they are sculpted. They should be printed somewhere next month. And 
uh, yeah, there are more coming. And I mean, as long as 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 they make back what they cost, I don't mind do more. I, as, as I said, if it breaks even, I'm okay with it. I, I'm not in it to make make a lot of money. Uh, it would be cool to do it full time one day, but at this point, I would be happy to do miniatures and just breaking even. So I can do more cool stuff. <laughs> right. No, that's that line is just incredible too. It's just such a. I mean, really, but you know, besides, like, I've kind of lost interest in the kind of super busty, scantily clad barbarian women, and now I've come more interested in kind of like you know things like the Equus line of, are totally right up my alley now, and so. When I when I first saw that, I was like, "Oh man, he's gonna take all my money." <laughs> this guy, this guy in the Netherlands is taking my money. Um, so no, that's exciting to hear. Now, will will those be released uh, separately, or are you gonna do, or will those be in another Kickstarter down the road? No, no, there will be. Uh, I always try to do only one Kickstarter for a certain range. I okay. think the only one I did for uh, two times was the Fay range. Um, and and that wasn't even, not even planned, but I overinvested myself with, uh, mm-hmm. with a few busts and it needed to make uh, some money. And yeah. it, it did all right. It didn't do a whole lot, but it was enough so I could continue doing stuff. Nice. Um, but the Xquee line, um, no, that they're, they're just going to be released regularly. Uh, the duo of them at a, at a really nice price, probably similar to the price you paid in the, the Kickstarter. So oh, that's actually quite cheap, I think. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, maybe later this year because um, this whole year, yeah, due to the coronavirus, is messed up for us as well. Right. And I almost didn't release. New skin deluxe because I wasn't sure if people would actually be up for it, and apparently it was quite the opposite. People said, "Yeah, do it. I'm waiting for you to do it." And she done really well. So we'll try to keep it slow because we know these are difficult times, and and you know, in the yeah. end, it's just a niche hobby. And while get a lot of um, satisfaction out of it. I know everybody has plenty to work on. Uh, and there are more important things happening right now. You know, uh, you got to support your family. You got to eat. You got a lot of people losing their jobs. Right. Um, I had a few guys who had reserves at Deluxe uh, telling me, I'm sorry, I I asked you to put one aside for me, but I lost my job. And I said, well, it's still aside for you, you know, and the price will stay the same whenever you come. If it's now, next year, I don't really care. Um, because I know what's going on, and uh, I'm, I'm fortunate enough and blessed that I have a really good job, um, and, and and we, yeah, you know, I make good money. So uh, yeah, you know, it's as I said, I'm not doing this to get rich. I wouldn't mind, but <laughs> right. but uh, there, yeah, especially now there are much more important things to worry about. So mm-hmm. yeah, we'll tone down the release schedule for this year. Um, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not even counting this year, uh, financially, you know, what will come will come and we'll see next year how, how things have gone. But, uh, yeah, it's strange times, <laughs> you know, it's strange times too. But I also think that one of the things that, that, that I'm noticing is really kind of how important the hobby is that it's helping keep people sane and that it's helping 
you know, you can pass time, you have something to do, something, a creative outlet, you know, and even, uh, you know, uh, families painting together and things along those lines. So, yeah, while it's not, you know, you got to feed and support, but it has a, an added bonus that if you have a hobby like this, <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> sorry, <laughs> you know, it's it, it's always wonderful that, you know, to have a, a hobby to take your mind off the crazy crap that's going on, right? <laughs> Exactly, you know, we live in a small village and uh, we, we have a nice house and uh, there's a playground next to us. Uh, so my daughter gets to, it's been lovely where my daughter gets to play. Uh, we've been sitting in the sun, but there are also a lot of people living in a city with five in, in a small apartment. You know, I, I can't imagine how it w- would be for them in this if, today, you know, and yeah. uh, as I said, we're fortunate and it's right. I thought uh, quite the opposite. People wouldn't appreciate doing new releases, but it's yeah the other way around, you know. And uh, as I said, I have some people telling me, messaging me. I said I really want it, but I can't get it right now. I hope you understand. I said, dude, yeah, I really understand right now. And and then my offer is always like, you know, message me whenever you want it. If you don't want it, it's okay too. Whenever you want it, and I will work something out. And uh, yeah, so yeah, it's, it's, I thought about launching Kickstarters. Who would be insane enough to launch a Kickstarter right now? But it's <laughs> they're actually doing quite well. Uh, so yeah, for me it's kind of difficult though because maybe even if it's not my problem, for example, if you can eat or not, you know, it's not my problem. But I do care about it, and maybe that's uh, a bit odd. But it's always been like that, you know. Um, if I, I don't like to see people struggling, and yeah, I always try to come up with a solution uh, that's good for everybody. And uh, I think, uh, especially in our hobby, there's a lot of fantastic people who are always uh, ready to help each other out. And to me, that's why I'm so proud to be in this um, in this hobby because going to shows. I've never seen fights. I've never seen uh, angry customers. And I know there are a few bad eggs, but yeah, mostly 90%, it's all cool people. And we're one big happy family, maybe. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's what I like about it. So I think if, if one uh, hobby segment uh, will only thrive from this uh, time, it's, it's, it's a miniature industry for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I see it too. And I see all these, these uh, stores in the U.S. I don't know if they're doing it where you are, but like you can actually do curbside delivery. So you can order them up, call them up, order uh, what you want, pay for it. And then you drive up and they walk out and deliver it to your car. So you don't have to go into the store. (laughs) Yeah, it would be weird because uh, you live in the U.S. and I'm in in the Netherlands. (laughs) So right. it's hard for me to drive to your curb, but <laughs> right. No, no, no. I mean, I, I just mean that there's, they're, they're finding hobby stores are finding ways, at least here in the U S now games workshop completely shut down, but a lot of the other, uh, like little local hobby stores are, are trying to find ways to kind of stay afloat. So that's pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, you should definitely support your local, uh, uh, store because, uh, as, as much as I love the internet, um, I hate it too. It's a love-hate relationship because it, it really damaged a lot of stores 
who used to be there. I think in the Netherlands, there's just a couple of handful of stores left. And we actually used to take trips, two, three hour trips to go to a store just to check it out. And we would buy something small or something big. And me and my brother and a friend of mine, we would travel to from, I used to live in, in Amsterdam and we used to travel to uh, Den Bosch, with, which was about, I think, maybe an hour, hour and a half just to look at the store. And those stores sadly are no longer here because, uh, yeah, online it's cheaper uh, and it definitely hurt uh, that that part of the industry as well, which is a shame. So we should stores we have left for sure. Yeah, and you know, I, I my co-host and I kind of live about 45 minutes to an hour away from each other, and all of the stores where I live, I live right outside Washington D.C. All of those stores, because the rent and such is so high, have died. Yeah. And where he yeah. lives, just 45 minutes away, he's got like six great hobby stores, and that's not including Games Workshop. And I'm like, come on, I got to drive an hour. <laughs> you know? And it's, it's so, and there's still a, lot, a couple of those stores used to be up here, but moved down to there because the rent was cheaper. Because you know, living by DC, it's one of the most expensive places in the world to live. So. Yeah. Um, treasured. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So, um, one of the things that uh, we always like to ask uh, people who who bring on who we bring on is that our motto of our podcast is better, braver, and happier. Um, do you have any advice for our listeners? And it doesn't have to be painting advice; it could be a hobby advice of some sort about how how to kind of become better, braver, and happier in the hobby. Uh, oh. That's a... <laughs> Just ask me about what's the meaning of life. It's almost the same. <laughs> but, it's 42, uh, though, right? In 42, the meaning of life? Yes, 42. <laughs> I just turned 42 uh, a few a few weeks ago. So <laughs> I know. Happy, now know happy belated birthday. <laughs> yeah. Happy belated birthday. I know the answer to everything is 42. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, what, well, what I can give people is um, there's actually two things. One is really simple. Um, people look at some of the stuff we do in this oh it's so beautiful but I could never do it justice so I won't buy it and the first question I always ask them is if you paint it would you enjoy it and they say yes I say, you should buy it even if you if you don't show it to anybody else and that, that goes for every miniature or bus you see from which company whatever I don't give a, a rest ass I almost said something else um, is that if you see something you like, and even if you're afraid to paint it, just do it. I mean, if you enjoy it, it's worth it. And you're doing it for yourself. You're not doing it for somebody else. And I know it's in these days you can get intimidated quite fast by all these badass painters um, with their almost perfect, flawless uh, paint jobs. But, I mean, you know, if as long as you enjoy it, do it. And the second thing I want to say is if you have a dream, I waited so long before just trying to do my dream. Don't keep it a dream. If you can do it, do it, and you'll see it's very rewarding. So if you want to get into the miniatures industry, which uh, thousands upon thousands of others are doing it last year, just <laughs> do it. You know, it's actually not as uh, high level as you think it is. You just need to be smart you need to think things out 
and uh, you know it takes commitment but it's so much fun as well um i think i if i wouldn't have done it three and a half years ago i would have just been bored uh out of my skull and uh i wouldn't be as happy as i am now right now so yeah they're the dream but also do them <laughs> try to realize them well that's awesome i, I love i love hearing that type of stuff because that's a I, I, you know, that very first thing kind of hit really home with with me that the whole, oh, that's so out of my skill level above my, you know, I, I could never paint that correctly. And I, I think you're absolutely right. Just do it, you know. <laughs> yeah, just do it. Yeah. No I've, 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 I have had so many people saying that to me at shows. And then I see, you always see the same face at shows the next year. If you go to the same show and they come back and they say, are you right? Look, I painted it. It's crap. Well, I had so much fun, you know? And then I said, it's not crap. You enjoyed it. Maybe if you compare it to the other stuff, you can think it's crap, but it's actually not crap. You know, what is crap? I said, I think I think you're missing the point if you think that every model or bus should be the same as one of the top top level painters. I mean, that would be insane. If 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 it's if you, during process you have fun. Yeah, so then it's worth it. And you can always strip and start over. <laughs> right. Well, and art's subjective too. What's who's a better artist? Van Gogh or Dali? I mean, how do you, what do you how do you say that? You know what I mean? It's artist subjective. So you know, uh, glass half full or half empty. Um, they all all have their merits. And I think uh, if you ask me. I say Van Gogh because he's a Dutchman. <laughs> right. No, but, um, <laughs> hey. Uh, but yeah, he, he was cr- not, not because I do like his paintings, but he was as crazy as I am, I think. And uh, Salvador Dali, well, he was an absolute nutter as well. So, um, but ask me if 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 I would choose between them, I would I wouldn't even choose because. Uh, while I like their work, I can appreciate it. Um, I like other artists more. Like I, I'm a big fan of Rembrandt. Mm-hmm. That's more my 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 cup of tea. Um, right. But if you would ask me to mention a name we've had in the uh, conversation earlier, if I could have a, uh, a printing of uh, Van Gogh or Vermeer, I would rather have a printing of Travis Cherist on my wall. So it's subjective, you know. Does that mean the other one is bad? Nope, it's just different. And why not like both? Right, exactly. Yeah, there's no reason not to enjoy both. They're, they're, everything has its different qualities. So, but I would remi- be remiss given the the fact I just launched today uh, an episode where I interviewed John McAvoy and Master Mini Work, uh, Mini Masterworks. Damn, I keep saying that the wrong way. Mini Masterworks. Um, I'm kind of curious, how did that partnership come about, and can you tell me a little bit about it? Yeah, um, actually, a, f- a mutual friend of ours, uh, Terry, Terry Cowell, um, who uh, used to work for uh, Figure Painting Magazine, the online uh, magazine, mm-hmm. um, contacted me and he said, Tim, uh, I've got this uh, guy, he's working on a, a portable paint station. I was like, oh, okay, you know, I had no idea what that could be. And uh, he wants to do um, a, a special miniature for the Kickstarter campaign or he would like to work together with you. I was like, okay, you know, and I'm always open for uh, collaborations. And I think another company he was talking to 
um, didn't exactly drop out, but um, weren't as uh, easy to communicate with as, as me. And I'm, I'm, I'm quite open. I'm almost almost there. Uh, I'm a night owl, so the chances are that if you send me a message at 2 a.m., yeah, I'll probably respond within a few minutes. And <laughs> <laughs> some people are going, are you still awake? Dude, you're fast. You're always there. And I'm like, yeah, that's the downside of having a mobile phone. But okay. Um, sure. But it, but if I spend time with my family, especially my kid, believe me, the phone stays off. So, um, but yeah, um, he contacted me and said, oh, I'll bring you into contact with John and uh, yeah, maybe you can have a chat. And yeah, we did. And we hit it off right away. And and um, he said, "What what could you do for us?" Uh, I said, "Well, he, he, I think he at first had the idea to do some of the ranges we already had to uh, incorporate them into the Kickstarter." And I said, "Well, maybe we can do one better. Maybe we can design something specially for the campaign." And uh, he really liked that idea, so uh, I went to work. And because there was a time time issue, because it was pretty close i said maybe i can take two busts and give them legs so that was the hint i gave <laughs> earlier right <laughs> uh, yeah and he liked that idea um so we actually have two sculpts which are ready uh for the gunslinger and the slugger they have legs and a slightly different pose and then John took the timeline uh, and, and made it earlier. Uh, so w we came into trouble. And I said, we're lucky. I do have another project we've been working on, which is quite a special project for me. And uh, that those are the twins, uh, which maybe you have seen. Oh, um, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. And, and he liked it. It was uh, supposed to be a special release for the uh, World Expo, which uh, was supposed to take place early July and sadly got cancelled. Uh, logical, but sad. Right. Yes. Um, and I said, well, maybe we can move it up. Uh, we'll have to hurry up, but maybe we can move it up uh, so you can use it uh, in the Kickstarter. And we've been working really hard. I said my printer to work. Uh, my cost just informed me he's going to send me the first few copies. So uh, they should be en route to John this week. And I think John is quite happy with them. <laughs> oh, dude. Uh, he's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I think uh, I think you, you knocked his socks off. I'm going to be honest. So that, and the, the, the project that you picked to go with it, the twins, I mean, it's incredible. You know, the, the, the sculpt is gorgeous, at least what I've seen of the render. Because um, I think you posted a picture of it, too, didn't you? Sorry? I think you posted a picture of it at one point on your Ouroboros web page, your Facebook page, I think. Yeah, I posted it when we knew we were going to do it for John, I think. Uh, mm -hmm. I kept secret for him. Maybe I did a little teaser with it. I'm not sure. I think I showed it first in the newsletter we did. And we only posted the silhouette. And then when John said, uh, here's here's the sculpt, uh, I, I knew I could post it as well. Right. And it's it's a massive. My caster said, if you throw it at somebody, you will kill him. So as a fist. So it's, it's a really, he's a cannonball. And then the offset with the little girl, uh, I, I liked that idea. I wasn't sure how well it would be received. But I, I'm known to uh, like to gamble a bit like the squee ladies. I had no idea how they would do. 
and we were really surprised about how well they were received and with this one it was the same i mean i love it i only do stuff i love Mm -hmm. and i think alexa knocked it out of the park um and and then but i wasn't really sure uh some people told me yeah maybe it's more gaming miniature and i said okay so that's actually a good thing for me because (laughs) the gamer it will appeal to gamers as well right that's it's a bigger market actually yeah it's massive, yeah, and uh, I, I think the copies he's sending is more than a kilo, and he's only sending me four or five copies, so yeah, he's a big dude. <laughs> so I think uh, one, I'll put it together as soon as I get it, and I'll post pictures online, oh. and that will give sense of scale, but I think when people see it in real life, they'll go, oh, that's big. So I think he's almost 12 centimeters tall. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> well, see, and that, that I when I first saw that piece, the first thing I thought of is because you know we, as the world of miniature painters, the number one word that we have is contrast, right? And so this is like an it's such an incredible model to show the, the two different so many different types of contrast, just not light and dark. You know what I mean? Like, you got the size, you got the textures, you got, you know what I'm saying? Like, all those different things are in that model to begin with. And so it's yeah, kind of, it's, a, I, I can't wait to see what some of these famous artists do with it. You know what I mean? That That's a project that I'm looking forward to seeing people start working on, you know? <laughs> you know, because that's, a, I, 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 to tell people that they should post more pictures of what they've got from us because uh, uh, we, we do see paint on sales. There should be many more paint jobs available. So if you have any paint jobs, yeah, haven't posted online. Even if you don't want to post it online, just send it to me because I love seeing painted stuff. And I don't care how good you think or how bad you think you are. I love to see that. You know, everybody has its own uh, level, and I can appreciate all of them. But yeah, really, show me because I love to see it. <laughs> Nice. Yes, and, and and the Leah bust when I, I I've actually got it primed and some light sketch on it, but that'll actually be when I finish that my first full complete bust that I've done, and so a little nervous about it because it's something new, but I'm I'm excited about it at the same time. You know, the CP new skin is still sitting in the box. That's something I I have a lot of ideas for that I. I can't process. You know what I mean? Like you see a miniature and you're like, okay, I want to do this. No way, I don't do this. Uh, there's so many possibilities with that one that I, I can't I can't find a definite answer to what I want to do, you know. <laughs> That's actually cool to hear because um, it means you've spent so much time already about thinking how you can paint it. So I know you've been enjoying it for a while now, and that means so much to me. It means I created something that people enjoy coming back to, even if they don't paint it. They're thinking about it. Oh, let's do this. Let's do that. And I think you're having fun already then. So. Oh, absolutely. So what I kind of did, a lot of people use Photoshop uh, and like kind of lay out their color schemes, but I don't have it and I'm not good with that type of graphic design. So I printed out a bunch of black and white copies of it and just have been painting on them on the on the on the paper to kind of get an idea of a color scheme and and how things work but uh no i want to the one of the things with that model i know i want to do a lot of freehand and so i'm still i'm very new to freehand so i want to practice a little bit more and kind of work my way towards that direction because i see 
I, I can't see that model without tattoos. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a lot of a, people say uh, they think she's a bit of a goth, and when when David um, painted it, were like, oh, that that's not how most people would see it. He used like almost pastel colors, and I I, I simply love his paint jobs. They're ima- insanely good, yeah. and. But it's cool because I've also imagined her as a redhead or even as a god. I'm actually thinking about doing a very dark uh, sweater and painting the hair uh, in in a purple or maybe a green, but do them glow in the dark greens. So they, when you put up the light, she will actually light up. Uh, so <laughs> that'd yeah. be fun. Even, even I'm thinking about painting them, and well, actually my daughter wants to paint something and I said well choose something from the cabinet I of all my stuff in the cabinet and she wants to paint lay as well so I said okay then her me and her mother will uh, paint Leia probably in the next few weeks as well so <laughs> we can hold a little competition maybe <laughs> <laughs> just for fun. the fun absolutely absolutely well man I, I thank you so much for taking your time to, to be with us on the show today um, yeah it, well, it's just this has been awesome. So, <laughs> <laughs> this is great. You know, you know, it's uh, like I said when we first started talking. You know, we have we had communicated a few times back and forth over you know the different Kickstarters of yours uh, that I've backed, and um, you know it's kind of neat. To, you're you're always very warm, open. You you love engaging with the community, and so that's uh, your your work is definitely appreciated. And I know you have a lot of fans in the community for sure. Oh man, thanks. I appreciate hearing that. That's cool. Yeah, but well, but thank you so much. Really yeah, appreciate you, thank you as well. So Dan and I would like to thank Tim Yonker from Ouroboros Miniatures for joining him. You should be able to follow him on Facebook on Ouroboros Miniatures, also on OuroborosMiniatures.com. If you click their store, you can go. It'll send you to Mr. Lee's Minis, or you can email him directly. Um, from the site if you're interested in purchasing one of the miniatures or busts that he has to offer. And I will say this, he's not. this is not a sponsored podcast or anything along those lines, but everything that I own from Ouroboros Miniatures that I purchased, the detail is gorgeous, the models are crisp, and they're a lot of fun to paint. So if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, or just want to tell us what you're working on in this time of COVID-19, uh, feel free to drop us a line at listeningtopainttry at gmail.com. And if you don't feel like writing us an email, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Listening to Paint Dry. We'll be back in two weeks with an interview with Matt DiPietro uh, from Contrast Miniatures, where we'll talk about his hobby journey, uh, which is really interesting and intriguing going from miniature painting to uh, actually working for a company in the miniature painting world to owning his own business. So it'll be a lot of fun. All you have to do to become a better, braver, happier painter is just look inside your head. The answer is there. Until next time. (laughs) Listening to Paint Dry with Mike and Dan is a production of LTPDWMD. All rights reserved. No portion of this recording may be used without the express written consent of the host. The music is Death by a Thousand Questions by Springtide. Download from the free music archive on a non-commercial attribution share-alike basis. All views and opinions expressed in the show are solely the views and opinions of the person who said them. All celebrity voices, if any, were impersonated and done so poorly.